up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So on today's episode, I'm sitting with Melo, um, young gentleman who he's probably older than me, actually, but young gentleman who uh, purveyor of his own fashion line, R. Die Wardrobe and Greatness Was When. And I had an engaging conversation with him. We met a few weeks ago at a networking event, and it's, it's only fitting that we met at a networking event. And our conversation was about building community and helping everyone else reach their level of success, whatever that may be, instead of an individual success and kind of leaving everyone else behind. Um, We dive into that topic and among a number of other things that I'll let you guys uh, get your own sense of and, and maybe take something back to your own circles and your own network of friends that can further these conversations that we have on this podcast. I'm honored. I'm honored. All right, so I'm uh, I'm sitting with Mello. What's going on, man? How you I'm feeling? Good, bro. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm glad we were able to connect um, and and kind of take this conversation that we were having in a private setting more public, so that others can benefit mm-hmm. from just furthering dialogue and furthering conversations within their circles and in their own communities. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have your your own clothing line. You're wearing a hot shirt right now. I uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Mello Dixon. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually am a uh, creator of two clothing brands. Nice. Um, one is called R&I Wardrobe, which is more of a mass production brand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually what I'm wearing now. And then I have a sports specialty company called Greatness Was Went. Um, what we do is we take monumental moments, sports and music history, and we recreate them in fabric on garment. I like it's that. It's like wearable art. I like that. Yeah. What got you started in the, the fashion scene? I, I've, you know, I've worked retail fashion. Right. Um, a little different than, than starting your own label, really, and kind of, you know, building it from the ground up. And not a lot of uh, black people in particular, um, but independent artists like that are, mm-hmm. end up being successful. What got you started and has maintained your success as you've uh, um, carried this through? Well, it's kind of a, an unorthodox um, way of starting, and I've kind of carried that throughout. But um, I had a friend, uh, if anyone out there knows, his, his name is uh, Vinny Vegan. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to work for Disney World a long, long time ago. And I remember coming back home, and uh, a friend of mine had graduated from Drexel School of Design, um, and he was starting his own clothing line, T-shirt line. Um, so he said, you know, I would love for you to help me on the business end. Um, you're like a chameleon. I, I always remember him saying that to me. He said, you can adapt to any type of situation. Um, so he, he brought me in. He taught me more about the shirt game. And what ended up happening was we started traveling around the country. And we started doing videos, uh, wardrobing videos. Mm. We started going, you know, went out to L.A. You know, you're meeting stars. You're in these different environments. And what I found was that we were able to um, kind of develop a relationship with these people. And we actually had one of the hottest items that was out at the time. What was that item? Um, it was rhinestones. Uh, back, I don't know if you <laughs> remember, ah, before rhinestones yeah. were so big, um, he actually had created that whole uh, genre. And, and um, you know, he and someone else created it, and they were putting rhinestones on shirts, and he basically taught me how to do it along with a few other people, and um, it was just a hot item at the time. Yeah, that was big back in the day. It was. Having rhinestones on anything Anything. was just huge. So he really knew how to manufacture Mm -hmm. it and taught me. 
And what ended up happening was as we were traveling, what I realized is, you know, partying with the stars is cool. But at the end of the day, when they go home, they're still rich. Right. We go back, we're still in the struggle. Right. So um, long story short, we ended up uh, after uh, some time splitting ways. He went his way, did his thing. I went my way and started developing. And I had these ideas. And so the ideas were more of greatness was when. And what I ended up doing was I kind of went into the lab and just started creating these ideas. And what ended up happening for me was I created um, Greatness Was When and Art I Wardrobe at the same time, but they were one. Mm. So I was just more or less making images, and I wanted to do something uh, that in turn was unbootleggable. Right. Okay, because I realized that uh, anywhere you went, People were just bootlegging stuff, you know right. what I mean? Anywhere, you know, New York's Canal Street, here it's, you know, 52nd Street, wherever, you know. And I don't want to shout them out as they're all bootleg, but it happens. predominantly, yeah, yeah it's it a lot. It definitely happens, and it, it pops up a lot, especially back in the day on 52nd Street. I right. grew up in West Philly, <laughs> so I used to see that regularly. You could easily get something bootleg on 52nd Street. Right, so, right. Yeah. So, so that was part of um, my mission as building my brand, and I had no idea where it was going to go. Mm. And so what ended up happening and how they ended up splitting was I went through, um, I had some friends that I met along the way, kind of like you and I met, mm -hmm. and um, they were doing some things and I kind of brought some people in like, hey, I have these ideas. Well, I ended up moving to um, the Albany, New York area okay. for three years and a cousin of mine had a bunch of real estate and he gave me a storefront. I took that storefront and I just made it into a studio. I never opened it as a store or anything. I just went in there every day for three years and just worked and grinded and just tried to figure things out. What ended up happening was I came back to Pennsylvania and I had some friends and I'm showing them my brands. Mm. Yo, you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And so uh, one of my friends at the time was my consultant. Um, his name is Chike Evans. Um, shout out to Chike. But he said, listen, um, this is great stuff, but you need to make something for the masses. Right. You know, so I went back and I redeveloped and I ended up coming up with R&I Wardrobe, which was something that I really didn't want to do, but I did anyway. And um, so as I continued to develop, for me, which makes my, my story so special is the fact that I built two brands at the same time. Right. Where most people have a hard time just to do one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had all these ideas and I decided to, at first they were one. And I didn't know what to call it. I had no names for it, no nothing. I, I, I did have a logo um, that I trademarked and, you know, registered and all that. And then we ended up just continuing to build. And then, you know, as, as time went on, things came to me. Mm. And what ended up happening was I actually moved back to Philadelphia um, almost three years to the day of when I had first left. And um, I just remember you know, building and, and having people around me. And we ended up uh, really pushing R&I wardrobe. And then I had this Greatness Was When product that I had actually put on the shelf for years to build R&I wardrobe. And I always told people, I really just want to make R&I wardrobe go so I can get back to Greatness Was When. Get back to your passion. Yeah, because yeah. that was my passion. And so, um, but what ended up happening was, I just, one day I said, you know what, um, I just got to go do this. And I, I noticed that I needed, I was losing my love for yeah. what I was doing. And I didn't know this is what I was going to do. I just always knew that I was going to own my own business one way or another. And so I got back into greatness was when, 
uh, several years ago and started exposing it. Because what would happen was I would I would show people RDI wardrobe, but they'd always be like, "Well, what is what's that?" You know, and right. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really have a name. Right. Um, so then what I I really now embrace that as being someone who who really built two brands, and I'm really a small business, and we push two brands at the same time. That's super dope and super hard to do for yeah. a lot of uh, small time independent people um, starting out on our own, particularly black people, because you know, we don't always have that support that right. is needed. So right. that's super dope. Yeah. And and you 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 also um as far as support, you know, I feel like you you have to support yourself too. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a lot of dark days in for anyone. Anyone building anything, there's a lot of dark days. So you have to be able to get past those dark days. Um for me, I always called it the gift and the curse mm-hmm. because it's like um because I'm building two brands, I only have fifty percent of me. Right. That can go towards one. Right. You know, I can never give myself to a hundred percent to one brand. I always have to come back to the other mm-hmm. one. And being that they're on two different uh wavelengths of, of the garment industry, I can do that. You know, I'm not in competition with myself. Right. I really don't look at it in being in competition with anyone else. I look at it as we can all succeed. There's enough people in the world, you know, seven point three billion people, let's say. Um, I don't need all 7.3 billion of them. I just need some of them. Let's talk about that because uh, you navigated perfectly into something that I wanted to talk about, and it's that that ability to to have the right support and resources available to you. Um, I think a lot of people approach just business in general with the mindset of they have to be the only one, mm-hmm. and, and they are the only ones that can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um how did you come to that mindset coming in? Because I know back when I was in my early 20s, you know, mm-hmm. I certainly remember I'm uh, thinking I was the only one that could eat. I was the only one that could could, you know, climb to the top of whatever mountain that I was mm-hmm. uh, trying to, to climb. And it took me a while to break that mentality of like, no, like you got to be able to. Mm-hmm. Once you get a step up, you got to reach down and help somebody else up because that just builds your momentum right. as you go along. How did you come to that process? Of- uh, well, well, for me, I think it was um, embedded into me mm. because I I always tried to bring people with me. You know, I was always, I grew up with, um, when I moved to Philadelphia area, I grew up with a group of about 30 guys. Mm. We're all still great friends to this day, but we've all gone in our different directions. Um, so I always was kind of like the lone soldier in a way who just went and did his own thing also like i would do stuff with them but then i always had my own little thing where it was like oh they don't want to do it okay cool i'll do it myself so as i got old enough and i was able to travel i just started traveling by myself but i would say to them hey man listen i'm I'm going to oklahoma city before it was hot before there was a thunder right um and they'd be like nah i don't want to go i'm not i'm not doing that okay well then i'm gonna go so I always had it as in, like, I'm trying to pull people up while I was still at the same level as them, um, never looking at it as I'm above them and I'm trying to pull them up. Like, let's walk together. Mm. And so when I would go to these other places, I would just meet people because I'm there by myself. Right. So I would always meet people and connect with people, people that I still know to this day. Yeah, I've always kept the bridges open. Um, people I can just call right now, you know, I, I can almost travel to any state. And not have to stay in a hotel. That's that's super <laughs> dope because I feel like, um, you know, I'm born and raised in Philly. spent mm-hmm. most of my time in the city. And I feel like there's always been a mentality of, you know, we, 
every man for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like you you were already breaking that mold right. uh, long before you know Philly started now to come along with that process of community and that right. sense of togetherness and it's it was already instilled in you yeah it was um it was like i said it was just something that i i just always wanted to see someone else succeed because mm. i always knew that if we succeed i succeed you know not if i succeed then i can bring you right you know and i think a lot of um people in our generation got caught in the facade of I need to do it first Mm. so I can put my people on. And what they didn't understand is, no, you all take a part now. You're stronger together. Right. And um, this, this kind of goes with something that we were, I was literally just talking about in the barbershop earlier this morning was um, they were, the comment was really about why do um, people in the South or in other regions of our, of our country, Mm -hmm stick together but why do people in the north not necessarily do that mm. and and uh one guy actually took it all the way back to like jim crow and slavery and just saying you know as we were here in the north and we were more free there they had to stick together a right. lot more because there was a lot more racism so it, as generations continued to to grow um now you're starting to see more effects of that mm-hmm. you know just in a different way but the effect of that is, you know, why can an artist go down south and still sell out of their trunk and be successful? Whereas if I were an artist and I came to you and I said, hey, man, you know, this is my music. You'll be like, "Nah, I'm cool. You didn't even listen to it. Right. You know, um, so it, it's just a, it's something that we need to do as, as a whole and not just in our area, in our region now, just in the world. We need to continue to build each other. And understand that you can do something great and I can support you and I can do something and, and you can support me and we can all benefit. I, I, I hear that and I see that. And I, I see it starting to change a little bit within mm. like the Philadelphia community specifically, especially, you know, where we're recording out of mm. Rec Philly, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a couple of other different organizations are really big on not going after the artist or photographer or someone that's trying to build that platform that's mm. already established. Mm. It's helping the little guy who isn't sure what to do with their idea or has all of this creative energy mm. and don't have the resources or the connections mm. to be able to make their uh, idea successful or just to grow as an individual um, with that idea. And I think that is something that's starting to change. But I, I 100% agree with you. That, that sense of... I can go down to Atlanta, mm-hmm. sell some tapes out of my trunk. I can do some uh, some artwork and just go down to a show and just mm-hmm. start selling it. It's really big down in the South, yeah. and it's something that we are slow to pick up, but I think it's starting to, to take shape a little bit. Yeah, well, if you think about it, you know, if we, if we go back to the early 2000s, mm-hmm. they always said, oh, you know, the South is behind us. They're behind us. They're behind us. They're behind. Oh, they're slow. They're slow. But are they really slow? Now we we kind of lost our way. Right. We lost our way. Yeah. And now we we'd rather be more like them, and we want to adapt to what their mentality is as far as growing. And you know, um, they've been able to grow small business, where that's now the new way. Mm-hmm. You know, the big businesses are starting to crumble, as you can see that. Absolutely. Even major major corporations are starting to cr- to crumble. Um, they d- they have to do layoffs. They have to do a lot of stuff, where you know, because the small business is taking over, the internet has allowed you that power. And now there's still a lot of white noise on the internet because everyone wants to be famous. And that's where I think people make their mistake also. 
um, it's fame. They're not. They're chasing fame, and they they put success and fame in the same category, and it's not. I 100% agree, and it's and I think what ends up happening within these conversations is we start to point the finger a lot, mm-hmm. and it's it's very easy to point the blame and try to well how we got here it's wrong because of social media mm-hmm. or because of and you know trying to be insta famous and 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 all of this uh stuff and how culture is watered down and all this stuff but it's much harder to have conversations around well what's the next step mm-hmm. how do we start to repair the communities how do we start to find ways of connecting not just within our own community but connecting our community to everyone else that's out there and what's your take on that and how we can start um, bridging those gaps for me personally i feel as though you know to bridge a gap like that you have to start it starts in the home first mm-hmm. okay um and a lot of people say that you know and it's kind of it comes becomes cliche it's like oh it all starts in the home but it's so true it starts in the home where fathers need to be fathers, mothers need to be mothers. Even if they're not together, um, you still have to unify as one to raise a child. Absolutely. If you made that child and you were kind of unifying, you know, then you need to start to build that child. So for me personally, it, it's sad to say, but I feel like, you know, the children that are from 13, let's say to 17 right now, mm-hmm. are semi-lost and... and um, it's going to be hard to bring them back because they're already stuck in their ways. They, they, a lot of them, this is not all of them, but a lot of them just feel like you can't tell me anything. We've mm-hmm. all been there, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've all been there. Um, but, you know, when you look at the younger kids that are, um, you know, five to let's say 10, they're still being molded, you know, and we can mold them and, and make them understand that loving your brother and your sister is a great thing Mm. and you guys can build together you can all play together you can all do great things each and every one of you can do something great um it starts there because that mentality if if they come up with that mentality then they'll teach the next generation after them that same mentality and that's where it will start to grow and eventually this um you know i'm the only one that has that needs to be successful and you don't matter mentality will eventually go away Mm. you know it's going to take 60 to 70 years for that to happen but if we started to change now the change will happen in for the future you know i may not be alive to see it but if you can touch on one person who can potentially touch on many you don't know which little kid that you talk to is going to be that one right you know and so and most of them you know it could be the worst kid in the neighborhood right now that turns out to be that one right because he learned things along the way he had to take bumps and bruises and it could be that kid that you think is going to do everything great that turns out to be the worst kid as an adult Mm. yeah i know for me personally i was a bad kid yeah i did a lot of things and i feel like you know i was directed throughout life and there was a higher spirit that was guiding me you know and helping me because for a lot of things that i've done and i'm sure a lot of people can attest to this that I definitely should have been locked up or something, you know, and, and for some reason I never had to go through that. So I I took those blessings and I started to say, you know what, let's build on this. How can I help? And so one thing that I always try to do is I always try to help anybody because me coming up, um, when I was starting my brands still, there was not really many people that would 
help me. Right. I'll go to people and they're like, oh, I'm doing my own thing. And that's the mentality now. It's like, well, why should I buy from you? Because my man does the same thing. Or my homegirl got the same thing done. You know, so it's like, why can't why should I buy from you? I don't want to spend my money with you. And so then it becomes that mentality of competition. Right. You know, right. where we shouldn't have that mentality. And I believe that if we really taught younger kids how to form together, take your ideas, his ideas, her ideas, and just because she's a girl doesn't mean her ideas are less than yours. You know, let her speak too, because her idea may be the one that catapults your idea. So it's building not only culturally, but uh, in gender. And and there's so many uh, things that, that we can do, but I really feel like it's it's touching the kids that are really, really young now. Mm -hmm. And they'll help. And, and there will be some kids who, or teenagers who are teens now, who will be able to help with that also. But it's more about, you know, um, how wavy you are, what kind of swag you got. Um, you I know, can't even keep up with some of the terms listen, now. Somebody told me drip was a term. It is a term. I don't even You're like dripping. that. Just sounds nasty. <laughs> like I I, 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 that just for us. I mean, you know, it meant something completely. Yeah, different. it do. It do. It do. You know, I um, can't keep up with them. Yeah, it, it's hard, <laughs> man. But you know what? We as when we were teenagers, our parents looked at us the same way. Mm -hmm. And True. that's another thing is not looking down, but adapting and accepting. Absolutely. You know, and and I don't want, you know, teenagers to think that I'm looking down on them. I'm not. But when you start to look at it as a whole, it's like, OK, you know, so we grew up in the baggy area, yeah. er, er, you yeah. know, era. And now it's the tight era. Yeah. What I don't understand about the tight era and I'll never understand is how can you wear some uh, pants or jeans that are super small? And then you sag them, but you spend all day trying to pull them up. You know what I'm saying? They don't fit. True. Very um, true. And so it's like, well, who told you that was, right. you know, uh, hot? And, uh, you know, but kids, some some kids are just ignorant. Yeah. And it's it's just a shame, but it can be changed. Mm. So. And and it sounds like the, the key to that change, what you're saying, is just the proper mentorship. Yeah. And, and finding... Um, individuals who can give that proper guidance and uplift you know not using one individual to uplift an entire community but right. many many yeah. individuals uplifting this segment here and this right. segment there and as a community we rise together versus just uh you know i'm gonna get mine and i'm right. gonna get out of the hood and i'm not coming back to the hood once i because that was i feel like that was the the era we grew up in and like look i'm once i'm out the hood i mean i feel like there were songs even made about <laughs> yeah, it like yeah. i'm out the hood now you know right. and it's just like well but what about the hood like you left the hood and right. the hood's still struggling and you and you're successful i'm glad for you but like well part of it i think also was you know for the people who so-called got out of the hood it was almost like uh you can't come back to the hood mm. you know mm -hmm. uh i know um, kanye west had a song where he said that you know um Basically along the lines of, you know, I, I I heard I couldn't come back to the hood. And guess when I heard that? When I was in the hood. You mm -hmm. know, and it's like, you know, that the support has to be continued. And what happens is people become envious of what someone else is doing. Right. Um, but what we should really look at is the fact that there's no overnight success. There's mm -hmm. no such thing. 
everyone puts in the work, puts in a grind. If you have done something to make yourself successful on a platform where people know you, you you put a lot of work into that. Absolutely. You know? Um, and so when people first see you, it's, it's like, oh, I just learned about him yesterday. So he must be an overnight success because I didn't know him a week ago. Right, right. But the support doesn't stay there. Right. You know, and then uh, what people get mistaken is the fact that you're not necessarily just going for yours. But if you just got to this level, you know, you can't necessarily come back and bring all your people because mm -hmm. they're not mentally ready to come with you yet. Right. You know, and so through growth, through the hardships that you've had to go through, through the people that you've met and you've had to adjust, when you get to that level, you're trying to maintain at that level to where when you do come back, someone doesn't uh, mess up everything you've worked for. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to be very conscious of who you're bringing with you. To be fair... Kanye West can't come back to the hood for a number of different reasons now. Okay. Now, right. just because he he a little right, right. He a little out there with his, some of his ideas, and that and that almost even speaks to something that tends to happen with people that are successful. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that they leave the hood, but their the their approach, their ideas is almost like, well, you forgot where you came from. You know, okay. you forgot the community that supported you, and mm -hmm. now you are speaking to ideas and ideals that are anti where you came from right. you know that that speak to how you're raised in a community how the community helped build you to a certain platform mm -hmm. so yeah i do i definitely get the you know you have to be careful about the circles who you you surround yourself in especially mm -hmm. once you get to a, a particular level of success because there are people that want to just drag you down and want to just leech off right. of you and and use you as a way of catapulting them to a particular fame or or right. money right right but at the same time, it's like. Well, let me ask. A, let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, you know, you, you made the statement about Kanye West not really being able to come back to the hood. But if he were to come, we're in Philly. Mm -hmm. If he were to come to Philly right now, as much yeah. as, as many people that probably dislike him for his views, yeah. which is his choice, right? Right. Um, if he were to come here right now, there'd be uh, millions of people. Oh, who for flock, sure. Right. For sure. But why, why are they flocking though? Because at, uh, are they flocking to protest? Are they flocking to see him? Are they flocking to get on? He's still become a world-renowned phenomenon. Absolutely. Um, where people, if he, okay, you could take, let's say, a music artist right now who's trying, struggling, trying to get on. Kanye West said, hey, I'm, I'm going to work with you. Do you think that they're going to look at it on a 50-50 like, I don't know? Or they're going to jump at it because they've been in that struggle. So these are things that I feel, you know, is a question that you need to ask people, too. Because most people are going to say, no, nah, no, nah, I wouldn't sell out until they're in that situation. Right. Where that situation might allow them uh, to feed their family for the rest of their lives. Right. And they have to make that decision. Right. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a question of the person. And mm -hmm. I think people really need to ask themselves that. Because when you look at him as a sellout... But we've also made him a lot uh, as big as he is. You know, now he went off and did his own thing. But, you know, there's still a lot of great things that he did. I mean, oh, I, listen, one of my favorite, favorite songs is uh, Last Call, which was on, I believe, the College Dropout mm -hmm. album. And, and the reason why that's my favorite song is I think it's about 12 minutes long. But he discusses how he came to be who he is then. Right. You know, and, and how... 
you know, um, Jay-Z didn't know who he was, and Dame Dash, they didn't really yeah. know him. And I how, definitely remember that song. Right. It was it's, a dope song. It's a dope song. Yeah. It's a really dope song. So, you know, you have to think about where he came from and um, what level we put him on also mm. to make him this way. You know, there's a lot of things that have happened in his life that have made him this person that some people say, oh, I don't like him. But if he came to your studio, you'd love him, you know? So that just speaks to what uh, what you were saying, what we hold as important and, and, and our ideals and mm -hmm. what we are willing to compromise within ourselves mm -hmm. to reach a particular status. Um, but, like, once you get to that status, and, yeah, you can you can have done great things mm -hmm. for a particular community, for a particular person, for your family, all of that. But when is when are you also held accountable for the damaging things you say and do once you get to that level? You know, so, yeah, yeah you know, Kanye is, not to piggyback on right, Kanye, right. but just the mentality of someone like that. Right. You know, you you done a lot of things in Chicago and you've mm -hmm. really, you know, worked really hard to put a, a good image for what that community represents and, and you know, you so many songs that you've dedicated to Chicago and your success. Right. But as a whole, you approach black people as like lately, I should say. Right. Lately, you approach the existence of kind of the struggle that we go through as mm -hmm. just something that can just be thrown away. You know, you align yourselves with different types of people that are uh, detrimental to right. the, the movement that we're trying to, to, to push forward, mm -hmm. the direction that we're trying to go. And you are either you're willingly turning a blind eye to what is going on mm -hmm. with the people that you associate yourself with or you're just looking at it as a way of gaining attention for yourself. You know, so it's like, are you going to be held accountable to some of the things you say and do? Or are we just going to be like, all right, yeah, you were you were good at this, but I'm going to right. ignore that. Well, like, I, yeah, I feel, of course, you, you have to be held accountable for everything that you do. Mm. Um, but we also have to be held accountable. True. You know, and so it could go both ways. Um, as far as that individual, meaning Kanye, is concerned, you know, we could we could talk for three days about him. So we'll, we'll kind of leave him alone. But just on on as anyone, um, you should be held accountable for the things that you do, and you should, you know, I, I think that we all have goals when we first start out, mm -hmm. but our goals will change right. as you grow and as you progress, and even with me. You know, my goals have changed. Uh, one thing I've always wanted to do was bring other people in. And so for me personally, uh, you know, when I was coming up, like I said, there weren't that many people that would help me as far as in the garment game. Right. But I had plenty of help. I didn't get here on my own. Right. There were a lot of people. I could name them for three days straight, you know, off the top of my head that I need to be thankful for. Um, but you know, along the way, I've had different goals and ideas and, and, you know, uh, aspirations for my business. And as I've grown, I'm like, okay, these now have changed. Hmm. So, you know, you look at some, some people, you know, let's, let's take it off of Kanye. Let's look at, um, like a Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's a mega 
mega star, you know. Um, but who knows all the great things that he's done, right. you know. And what happens is we're in, such, we're in a society where people only focus on the negative. Right. So Kanye could, he could have these views, but he could be doing some great things oh, that they're never telling us unless you're there, right. you know. Um, there's a lot of, you know, um, I seen something yesterday that was so awesome. Um, and I didn't know this happened. I'm sure millions of people did know it happened, but I happened to be on someone's, uh, Instagram and I seen a clip of Tyler Perry. Right. And I watched this clip and he basically, uh, said to the camera, um, I was at Walmart. I was, I wasn't going to say this, blah, blah, blah. But if you have anything on layaway at this Walmart, he gave the address and everything mm -hmm. in uh, Georgia or this other Walmart in Georgia. He said, I've paid for everybody's layaway. Right. And he said, I wanted to do it anonymously, but you know how the world is now. Like right. you can't keep anything like that quiet. Right. I thought that was great. That's you know, and, and he only did that honestly. So the people would go get their layaway. Right. He didn't do it to be like, hey, look at me. Uh, hopefully I get more people coming to my Medea shows or whatever. He right. did it so people would actually go get it. And all they had to do was pay a penny. Right. You know? Yeah, because if you don't get it, you're going to lose it. You don't get it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. But how many people have put stuff on layaway and then like, oh, man, you know, oh, nah, I can't afford it. This bill came up, that bill came yeah. up. And, you know, you only get a certain amount of time. And, they, and you don't know it's paid for. and Right. Know, yeah. So, you know, but I thought that was a great thing. That just goes to show, like, someone has, some people give back. Um, but there's a lot of people who give anonymously. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that happen, uh, whether it be, um, you know, better housing that, you know, people look at as projects. But, hey, maybe someone famous put their money back into the community. But maybe they just don't want everyone to know that part, you know. And so the media um, doesn't necessarily say, hey, this person did something great. I mean, you watch the news. Right. It's all sad, right? It's all sad. You get you get three minutes of good stuff and like they, they, they bring you down and then they bring you one step up and then they take you five more steps down mm -hmm. at the end, you know? And so, and they try to save it all at the end with a puppy story. Yeah. Right. You got to watch, you got to watch the whole, the whole thing of sadness yeah. in order to, you know, even see one good highlight, you know, and it's so quick. I've had friends who are like, oh man, yeah, I got a segment. I'm gonna be on the news. Watch me, watch me on the news. Okay, so now I just watch the whole hour worth of news to see you for a minute. Right. And and so it's like, you know, I think that we as people need to do better with like let's stop giving the negativity the power. Mm -hmm. The negativity is it brings the power because people want to see that. You know, what's on TV? Reality TV. It's all negative. You got to have somebody in there who's crazy or our ratings won't, won't be good. Right. Like, why can't it just be a bunch of good people doing great things, discussing great things, and moving forward? And why can't people look at that and say, hey, this is a show I want to watch? I think you speak to a larger <clears throat> conversation that I was having uh, on my last episode um, with uh, <clears throat> two young ladies. And we just talked about the the need for black people to tell their own story mm -hmm. within the media. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was the other day I was uh, maybe not the other day. It was about a month ago. I was in an auto shop and I was watching the today show and I was in there. I got there super early and I watched it for hours. Mm -hmm. They didn't have not one segment on anyone that was black. Right. Not one. And it, you know, everything was about 
you know, some weird country home cooking, some meal that I ain't <laughs> never heard of before. Not knocking it, just, you know, right. again, not being portrayed mm-hmm. and represented well within the media. Um, you know, it, it, it went to a, a, an all-white school. They did a story about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, every story that they did mm-hmm. was all within the white community. And it was like, man, this has been on, this came on at 7, and, you know, by 11 o'clock, they ain't do not one, one story right. on someone else other than white people. And then when you finally do hear a story on, you know, the local news about black people, it's about, you know, how a particular neighborhood is struggling. Right. Or crime. Right. Or, you know, something that just negatively portrays the black community. And then you wonder why this image is out there. And right. it's just like we're not being represented well enough and we aren't taking the time to when we have the access to that media right representing ourselves in the right way in the way that we want to see our best foot put forward right now you know here's something interesting as you were speaking if you you know for the media portraying uh the black community a certain way right Mm. but we could we could pretty much go to any hood in america and know what we're gonna what we're gonna get. Absolutely. You know what I mean. So, do we need the media to to portray us this way to the world, or can we just start to make a change w- amongst ourselves Absolutely. to where there's not anything to report? Because Absolutely. with us, think about it, right? What's what's one of the biggest um, uh, media sites for let's say people who want to watch crap? It's unfortunate, but. World Star Hip Hop, right? Yeah. Say someone gets in a fight. What's the first thing people say? Oh, this is going on World Star, right? Someone could be getting their brains beat out. You don't even help them because you would rather get hits on World Star, right? It's a shame. Where there's a lot of other things that go on World Star too, and and you know they might not get as many hits. Mm-hmm. Like you got to. I've been seeing these things where something great to me is like the teachers who um do the handshakes with their students before they come into class i think that's great yeah you know um teachers who teach their students different things i think that's that's awesome but for me what i try to encourage people to do now is read mm-hmm. okay so something huge that i feel like everyone sh- could take advantage of is i read all the time right um or listen to an audio book because for me in my business, I have to multitask. Right. So I can't always, you know, you can't multitask if you're sitting down reading something. Right. But I can understand it just as well if I'm listening to it and probably better. And I can speed it up. So, you know, but for me, um, I, I was listening to this book and the gentleman on the book said, you know, the average person reads about one book a year. So he said, you want a 52 to one advantage because there's 52 weeks in a year. He said, read a book a week. It's a 52 to 1 advantage. It's an easy, free advantage that you can have. And I'm not talking about, you know, reading the Smurfs. I'm talking about reading, like, books that are going to take you to the next level. Right. And that's all I read. Right. I don't read fiction. I don't want to read fiction. Right. There's enough of that going on in the world. But, you know, you could read books that help you. And I try to um, tell young people. And this, these are things that no one ever told me. You yeah. know, I didn't have, like, my old heads weren't like, yo, you should go in the house and read. You should listen to this instead of playing that video game. Right. You know, but um, when I try to talk to young people, or when I talk to young people, I try to get them to understand the importance of their future. Like, what seems hard now, even with my own children, I have two children who are teenagers, even with them, 
they'll come home, oh, my homework, it's so hard. I'm like, no, it's not hard at all. You know, you just, you think this is the end of the world. But if you can get through this, it will help you develop yourself in getting through anything. Right. And it's really just in your mind. How strong are you now? And so what I try to point out to my children, because when I grew up, I had, um, so I grew up in a neighborhood that from when I was young, um, I was born in New York and I moved to Philadelphia area at 11. Mm-hmm. I grew up kind of in the Villanova area. Okay. Very rich. Very right? affluent, yes. And so my school, there weren't a lot of African-Americans. There was enough, you know, but a lot of them had this mentality that I didn't have because I had just came from the the negative. So I saw the world differently than what they saw the world. But um, what I learned was through gaining uh, friends who were of different races, whether it be white, whether it be Indian, whatever, um, their parents were teaching them certain things, right? And so, and then I would see them go to school and I would see them execute on what their parents were teaching them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to learn that. So I didn't understand what an AP course was, right. you know, accelerated classes. And then I see um, the academic classes and there was just a lot of African-Americans or, or kids who like didn't want to learn or cl- being clowns or whatever. But then you look at the higher level courses and all the kids in there were tentative, they're listening, they're getting great grades, mm. and they moved on in life. Um, so I learned about what some of my friends were being taught. So now with me, it's like, okay, well, I shouldn't still be in that mentality of uh, everything's fun, you know, and that's right. what I try to teach my kids now because my kids go to similar schools, you know, and it's like, okay, listen, you got to go to that school and you got to achieve because you, you actually have more against you. Oh, absolutely. Right, because as soon as you start messing up, the first thing they want to do is send you to a tech school or send you anywhere but in their class. Yeah. You know? They won't push you out they and push bring the next yeah. kid in that they think has right. a better chance. Right. Exactly. And so kids need to understand that, you know, now is the time. Like, everything, if you are if you go to a public school, it's free. <laughs> yeah. It's free education. Y- yeah, you might, you probably won't use all of it. All the information, we don't, right? Right. Like, George Washington, the only thing he matters to me right now is the dollar bill. Right. But you're not going to use everything, but there are a lot of things that you will use. Mm. And so what I use is the mentality of teaching my next generation. And I have to start with my next generation and then I can go out and bring in other people, my kids, friends. And I try to talk to them. What are you reading? And they're like, huh? What are you Mm. reading? Huh? And there's no answer because they are not reading anything because no one it's not knocking their parents, but no one's telling them, hey, go read a book. I make my kids sit down and read. Hey, you got to give me an hour today. I don't, I don't care if it takes you an hour on one chapter. You give me an hour today, and you're not doing anything else until you give me that hour. But what's happened is they start to benefit from that hour now, where now they're used to it, where they used to hate it. Yeah. I also talk with my kids where they used to hate it. And if they got in trouble, we'd sit down and we'd talk. But our, our conversations went more into life than it did about the discipline from what they did. Right. I think this, uh, you brought me full circle, you know, when it comes to the importance of mentorship, but also just building and bridging the different communities, Mm -hmm. um, because that's how we grow, um, not just by uh, our individual success, Mm -hmm. but as a collective, uh, how we uh, use others to bring each other up and and maintain uh, a vibrant and successful community and 
country, mm-hmm. really. So, right. A world. Um, world. Absolutely. I want to uh, thank you. I have always have one more question. Okay. That I ask. What's your most favorite thing in the world right now? My family. That's nope. it. My That's family. simple. Easy. Yeah. Um, can I just slightly elaborate oh, on that? Uh, I would love absolutely. to, to uh, just take this time. So for me, um, growing up, as I said, I moved here when I was 11. So I have a huge family. Mm-hmm. You know, my my mother had um, 11 brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. My father had nine. That's huge. Yeah. So a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of cousins. But I moved away. And... You know, I always look at it like, well, why was I the one that got out in a way? And why was I not stuck in a certain mentality? But what ended up happening was when I moved back to New York to develop what I was doing, mm-hmm. a lot of I had nothing but family around me. Mm. Um, I got some support, but I also had a lot of family that I didn't even know. Right. You know, but what I did was with a lot of the family members that I had, I spent personal time with them mm. while I was there because I understood that I didn't have that at a certain point. So now, uh, being at the age that I'm at, I don't live with uh, the regret, right? I have, I um, right now, I have two uncles that are um, very ill, okay? One of them, his birthday was um, Monday, uh, Sunday, and uh, he actually had a brain aneurysm and was in the hospital, oh wow. and they didn't know if he was going to make it. At the same time, one of my other uncles is pretty much on his deathbed. Wow. You know, um, and so, but with me, I pray for them. I pray for my family's strength. But I don't have a regret about not, uh, you know, some people are like, oh, if I only have one more thing to say, mm. if I could say one more thing. What I encourage people, anyone listening to this and you guys in this room is if you have family members, like give them the flowers while they can still smell them because then if something does tragically happen to someone you don't have that regret of not being able to have those memories of that time you know i spent time with my uncle so now it's like okay if they have to go on to their next part of their journey so be it but it's not going it's going to hurt me physically yes but in my heart and in my my mind i know that when they were here i spent my time with them and i used it wisely so I just encourage anyone, you know, and that's why I say family, because so many people, siblings, they fight, they do this, do that. And then, you know, something happens and you're like, oh, I wish I could. Well, you can. You do it now. Right. And we live in the now. We have to take advantage of the now. We're never in the past. We're never in the future. We're always in the now. So take advantage of it. Super dope. Thank you, Melo. Where, um, where can we find your, uh, your, your style, your fashion? Okay. Where um, can we find that? Um, on, uh, on Instagram, you can find us at uh, Aradai Wardrobe. That's A-R-A-D-I-I Wardrobe. Dope, dope. Um, you can also find the other brand at uh, Greatness Was When. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Aradai Wardrobe. Again, that's A-R-A-D-I-I Wardrobe. Um, we also have a website, which is rdiwardrobe.com. Perfect. You know, that's where you can find uh, one brand. As far as uh, greatness is when, it's more art. So you, it's, it's all custom stuff. And um, there's ways to find us. Uh, we don't have a website because it's, it's just art that we put out. Yeah. And we don't really sell it online. We sell it more face-to-face. Um, but we are uh, getting ready to um, open up a showroom. Okay. So I'd love to have an opportunity to come back sometime. And, Absolutely. Uh, this summer we're going to open up a, um, a full showroom 
and people will be able to come in and check us out. We're going to be in South Philly area, and uh, we're super excited about that. That's dope. Yeah, That's dope. Uh, much success to you, and definitely uh, we touched on a lot of topics yeah. that we can you know, come back and circle back. To yeah, us. man, I would love to. I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, I would love to be back. As soon appreciate as possible. it. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, Marlo. Um, live life or die. All right, I want to thank Melo again for sitting and having this conversation with me. Um, a lot of these conversations I'm pushing forward on my own, but I'm really hoping that you guys have something that you can take away from this and see the importance of building a community, and not just for your own individual success, but the importance and success of the entire community and the network that you create. Um, the one thing that I've learned throughout my career and throughout the different projects and ventures that I've taken on is that I'm the most successful when my network of people are just as successful or even better. So it, it's something that I, I really look forward to doing, building the community and, and establishing a network of people that can connect with each other, that can learn from each other, and that can put forth a better foot into the world and how we are portrayed in media and within the community of creatives, whether it's artwork, whether it's fashion, whether it's uh, news media and all of the different platforms that are out there for our black community and for all communities. So again, you can always find my content. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at realtalk at salazcorner.com. Uh, I do have another blog post that I'm working on. I know I keep saying that, but you can also check out some of the other blog posts that I have written uh, on my website at salazcorner.com. Um, I'm working on some really new things. And in the next few weeks, I have um, some uh, specific episodes, specifically these two young ladies who um, were present and involved with uh, that uh, Starbucks incident that took place oh, a little over a year ago. So that will be coming up in the next few weeks. Look out for that. If you're looking to come on the podcast, if you have a specific idea or just a question that you'd like answered, you can always email me at realtalk at salazcorner.com. I get back to you pretty quickly um, and find different ways that we can further some, some dialogues or have dialogues that other people just aren't having. Um, don't forget to rate, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, peace, y'all.